Cool, man. I'm rolling. What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Sight and Sound podcast presented by the HeartGad Media. And uh, this is episode number two of season five. And as you know, we kind of broadened our horizons and we're incorporating new themes and new segments and what have you. But today we have a theme that we talked about in the first episode of the fifth season, uh, which is called Origin Stories. And today I have a guest, Greg Harrington from Neon Brainiacs podcast. And Greg and I are fans of the heavier music style and the alternative, I guess, I guess at this point, maybe they're not so alternative, but alternative lifestyles that spawn from said subgenres of music, such as, uh, you know, straight edge, veganism, vegetarianism, what have you. Uh, so that kind of all gets lumped into to one uh, delicious uh, pot of chili uh within the hardcore scene the heavy music realm so greg say hello what's up glad to be back yeah it's uh this is uh your second solo uh appearance here we had ben last month for action movie month which was uh, a blast oh yeah and uh i i can't wait to have both of you guys on it at one point i feel like that that's uh we're gonna need to do that in the future i've appeared on your guys's podcast and uh we're getting a lot of crossover content here and i've been wanting to you and i have talked about wanting to do a, an episode like this where we kind of get to talk a little bit more about music as opposed to uh horror and genre films that we usually mm-hmm. do um this podcast uh before the uh the new name ish change uh we we always talked music and i always had music episodes but this is going to be real fun because this is going to be a a deep dive in the origin stories of uh somewhat me but mainly our guest you uh got into heavier music hardcore and found uh you know things like straight edge veganism vegetarian ism and it's all kind of lumped in and it's all and it, it honestly it, it family trees out into things like genre movies uh horror it, it's all kind of in the same family tree isn't it yeah i would definitely agree uh you know you you dig deep for you know uh hardcore bands or punk bands or whatever and uh you know that Doing so uh, in my younger years definitely primed me for doing a very obscure 80s horror movie podcast. (laughs) Yeah, a definite uh, appreciation for the roots of things. So if we're talking roots, Greg, let's hear your origin story. What was the first time, I guess, hardcore music, or at least the term... Uh, hardcore music and or a band that was considered hardcore what was the first band that was put onto your radar or the first time that someone you heard someone say or you were introduced to the word or the term or the music of hard hardcore music quote unquote all right this is very interesting because i technically have three entryways into like hardcore and kind of adjacent lifestyles i love it so uh, you know, first and foremost, this is not groundbreaking in any way. Uh, no. <laughs> I think really the, the the first hardcore band I heard was Minor Threat. Um, you know, I was 14 years old. I had, you know, really kind of cemented myself in like kind of punk music. Um, you know, I, I a punk is definitely one of those things that I definitely had um, multiple kind of 
avenues into like Green Day was my favorite band when I was eight or nine years old. You know, I listened to a lot of other alternative rock that was being played on the radio. Uh, briefly, you know, had a two year stint uh, in new metalism. Um, but uh, yeah, when I was 14, uh, I kind of properly got into punk music. Um, <clears throat> a lot of, you know, starter kit stuff, you know, kind of d- deeper dives on the Ramones, Black Flag, Dead Kennedys, and Minor Threat was in there. And um, I was kind of fortunate enough to, um, you know, in, I guess, what was that, like eighth grade or so, uh, be surrounded by a lot of other people that were into punk music. Um, probably like about a dozen of my friends at school were kind of all into punk music and we would all like trade tapes and everything. Um, and one of my friends, Devin basically said like, Oh, Hey, yeah, that band minor threat. Uh, you should listen to them because they sing about straight edge. And that's basically what you do. Right. And I was like, I don't know. What the fuck is that? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so basically he was like, yeah, like they don't drink or or smoke or do drugs or whatever. I was like, yeah, I'm 14. What the fuck am I going to do that for? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, um, minor threat was definitely like the first proper, um, you know, entryway into like capital H hardcore, um, probably about six months after that. Um, I was really into the Juliana theory and I had read somewhere online that, uh, Oh, the guy that sings for this band used to be in this band called Zayo. And I was like, hell yeah. I wonder what this is like. And then just to, just to, to slip that in Juliana theory announced that they got a full length coming out. Uh, technically it's like, well, reimagine, yeah. reimagine song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was, I was pumped on that. I too am a Juliana theory, so, uh, fan and, uh, and yeah, the same thing. Like as soon as I, I was like, Oh, I like this, but Oh my God, this dude was in Zayo too. Like, <laughs> but yeah, I remember like, I think I downloaded where blood and fire bring rest on like Napster because it's like the year 2000 and I went, Oh, these aren't similar at all, but I kind of like this. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And then finally, like, you know, when I really just, you know, really cemented my heels into, you know, the, the hardcore rock and roll lifestyle. um, I remember there was a local emo band uh, here in Pittsburgh called a week in July uh, that their bass player, Dane would, um, he would recommend music in his AIM profile, <laughs> which was the style at the time. And uh, uh, one of the bands in it was uh, Converge, uh, you know, the Poacher Diaries. So I like went and found a couple Converge songs and went like, what the fuck is this? And uh, I was I was hooked from from then from uh, from then on there. So it gets that that's where it gets so it's it's and it's funny that you said you have different avenues that you know several different several different origin stories that brought you to what is known as hardcore and that's what's mm-hmm. so like fascinating about all this and as time goes on I feel like you know people like yourself uh myself uh, I know my best friend Eric as well got into uh you know this style and the more underground you know hardcore as it was called but you know i loved that back then the early 2000s there was bands that didn't necessarily meet the criteria of being a hardcore band musically but their ethos and their ethics of how they operated made them a hardcore band so even though the music was super like i don't know i I, you know Forgive me any diehard Converge fans, as I am a huge Converge fan, but, you know, uh, you know, a more artistic slash, you know, 
mathy, chaotic type sound. You know, if if you showed someone that just knew Minor Threat as a hardcore band and you showed them Converge, they'd be like, this is not hardcore. This is noise. <laughs> exactly. And it was kind of the same uh, thing with me. So I, being from Syracuse, you would naturally think Earth Crisis obviously got me into mm-hmm. hardcore, or, especially straight edge and, and being, uh, you know, meat free or anything like that. They actually weren't. Now, I knew about them. Uh, and my, you know, it was the same thing. Like punk was like everything. And as I was like turning like 12 years old, like I was already obsessed with the Ramones cause they were in my favorite movie at the time, uh, which was pet cemetery. Oh yeah. Uh, so I was just obsessed with like anything I can get my hands on. Like the Ramones. I know the movie carpool had, I want to be sedated. That was a movie with Tom Arnold in it and, uh, David, David Painter. Painter. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, and and I was just like obsessed with just trying to get my hands on Ramones, anything with the Ramones in it. Um, so you know, I think it was like summer nineteen ninety nine. I am full into like Enema of the State and Blink One Eighty Two, but also bought like a Ramones like uh, box set, best of type deal. Love like Newfound Glory. Uh, actually, and like Newfound Glory into the following summer. But regardless, I'm into like everything, and I, you know, I grew up uh, listening to just like classic rock and things like that. Like one of my favorite bands of all time is the Cars. Uh, mm-hmm. So I have like a wide range of musical interests. But when hardcore came out onto my uh, radar, wasn't until like I want to say like. I guess the term like was in 2001 ish and it was the, it was the, the same thing. I got like a sampler. I I went to uh, a show. I snuck to a show and it was an 18 visions and 12 tribes show. Whoa. And uh, I had my cousin pick me up who was a notorious uh, crazy man (laughs) and, and hated by every hardcore kid. Um, but he actually uh, got you know, I got snuck into the show. It was all ages. It was in a venue in Syracuse that no longer exists. And 18 Visions was like, when I first saw them, that was like closer as far as they the way they look, too. Because they're wearing like fucking creepers. They got like Murrays in their hair. They're wearing button-up shirts. They kind of mm-hmm. have like a, a fashionable mod punk sound. They had colored hair. So that was like close to punk and i think that's why i've gravitated to that band and they're one of my favorite bands of all time and they were like super the earlier stuff was super chaotic oh yeah and and everyone at that show i saw like had had x's on their hands and shit and the band had x's on their hands and i was like oh shit that's uh crazy and my my cousin who was is never even toyed with the opinion of being straight edge you know said like that's straight you don't ever want to be straight edge believe me like uh (laughs) It just hit me with that, and I was just like, and I was, he's just like, oh, it just means you don't like to have fun. You don't want to party or anything. <laughs> uh, and at the time, I, I didn't really think much into it, and I, I didn't think like, oh, yeah, he's right. I want to go drink and smoke and, and party, man. I didn't have like that casualties punk side to me uh, necessarily, even though I was a big like rancid fan. But yeah, it was the, it was the same thing, and, and you know, once I saw that and my first, uh, what was your first... Um, what was your first show that you went to where, where it was a, a legitimate hardcore show? Okay. Uh, yeah, this actually didn't come until probably, 
I think I'd been actively going to shows for about four years, but it was mostly like ska shows, pop punk shows. Uh, but my very first like capital H hardcore show was October 25th, 2004. I still have the, uh, the ticket stub around here somewhere. It was Converge on the You Fail Me tour. Supported Fuck by yes, supported by Space Rock era Cave In, and Silent Circus era Between the Buried and Me. Damn! Wait! Oh shit! You know what? That that show came through. Was a hundred demons on that show? Uh, not the Pittsburgh one. It was just those three bands. Okay, because I vaguely remember like a conversion between the Buried and Me flyer around that era. Just because some of these flyers are just—I'm sure you can attest to this—are just burned in your memory. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, that's a what a what a great show. Again, like that's what's that's what's so like cool about this and I love being able to talk with somebody cuz uh you know, uh, I've talked with kids that are uh, a, a skosh and or a half a generation or two younger than me and mm-hmm. I drop like conver- I, if I dropped converger between the buried and me they're like, "Oh, that's like super like you know, between the buried and me is like pre-gent and Converge is just like, they're just like a metal band. Like, they didn't understand, they missed that, like, era, I guess, where, like, it was it was less about what you sounded like. I mean, don't get me wrong, that's definitely played into it. But sure. it was more how you conducted your band and oh, who, you sure. were friend- who you were friends with. Because I saw that show in late 2001. I had no clue. I thought I was going to a punk show. And for all mm-hmm. I knew, that was still punk. Like, I, the hard- hardcore thing didn't come onto my radar until, like, four months later. So, uh, and, and the show I went to was a, a Poison the Well headlined. Because at that show, I got, at that show in 2001, I was 13 years old. And I, I went to that show. And I missed like half a twelve tri- half of twelve tribe set, and caught like pretty much like half of eighteen visions set, and had to leave. Um, but four months later, uh, and this is like a this is like probably the mecca Syracuse show of all time. But at, at that show, I got an Equal Vision record sampler that had Bane on it and had Converge, mm-hmm. and I also got a Truskill uh, record sam- sampler yeah. which had po- Poison the Well, eighteen visions. Uh, I can't remember what else it had on it at the Probably time. Like Nora th- Hope, or something Hope, like that. Nora, Hope's Fall. Yeah. And uh, and I was immediately like, I liked 18 Visions. I liked them when I saw that, but I didn't really, I didn't wasn't didn't buy any merch or anything. I was 13. I didn't have any money. Uh, <laughs> but listening to like just eight, like two 18 Visions tracks and two Poison the Well tracks, I became obsessed with both those bands. And it was a Poison the Well headline show with American Nightmare. Uh, Lama God, eighteen visions, and uh, Throwdown, dude. And Fuck. it was and like Throwdown came out and like they played like early. They played like second, I think, or actually, yeah, I think that- they pl- no, no, they played over eighteen visions. So I think eighteen visions played first or second. But Throwdown came out, and I was like, oh, shit, it's the, some of the dudes from 18 Visions. They're all incestuous Orange County hardcore dudes. But they came out, and I'm, like, hearing Raise Your Fist and mm. Slip. And that is when I was just like, oh, okay, this is, like, a straight-edge band. And I'd heard, like, Earth Crisis, but I never I heard Firestorm, but I didn't really, like, gravitate to that right away. 
But after I saw that, and I was just like, well, I got it. I love this straight edge band from Orange County, and 18 Visions is all straight edge, and it ha- that band has actually always remained straight edge and never had mm-hmm. a non straight edge member in the band as well. Uh, they, uh, I immediately gravitated like towards that. I was like, oh, now I definitely got to get into Earth Crisis. Got super into Earth Crisis, obviously, because they're in Syracuse. It was it like this in Pittsburgh too. When you went to these shows, there was always PETA pamphlets. Uh, you know, local, uh, you know, protests, uh, protesting fur, and just information on like uh, a lot of animal rights stuff at shows. When that was everywhere when I went to shows in the early two thousands. Not really around it here. Wasn't? I don't know if maybe I it, missed it's got to be this. That. It's got to be a Syracuse more related to Syracuse, uh, I, I guess in a, in a sense. But right. I, I was always curious as to if it was in other cities as, as much as it was at Syracuse shows because it was every every Syracuse show you always got handed like a PETA two pamphlet or something every time you went to uh, a show. Yeah, not really like when I first started going to hardcore shows. Like I said, it was like late in 2004. So I would imagine a few years prior, there was probably a lot of that going on. Um, But yeah, I didn't really see stuff like that until around like 2007, 8, when we had like a, you know, one or two like hardcore festivals that kind of wanted to be like, you know, micro hell fests uh, popping up around around the city. Then you would see, you know, like, you know... uh, Info wars, uh, you know, unfortunately in 2021, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, PETA, stuff like that, you know, like the little combo VCR TV, you know, that had all the slaughterhouse footage on it. Oh yeah. Like that. Oh yeah. That was, uh, it was, uh, so when I guess, uh, well, be- before we jump into like the, uh, the veganism thing, uh, so at, after you heard minor threat, and we're jumping all over the place, but I mean that's kind of how it has to be, especially with yeah. this podcast. But uh, so when after you, when your you know your cohort, your comrade said, "Oh yeah, you, you you you'll love Minor Threat because that's you. You're straight edge." Now, did you from that point on did you identify as straight edge, or you're just like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm straight edge," and then it slowly, gradually, you're like, "Yes, I am straight edge." Like definitely, one hundred percent. I'm like, this is something I am committing myself to at a young age. It was immediate. You know, I took my sister's like gel pens and I wrote straight edge on my backpack and (laughs) all over like my books and shit like for school. And yeah, it was definitely immediate. Although I will say I didn't really dig deep on other straight edge bands until maybe like two or three years later. Cause I feel like at that time, um, that information was kind of a little harder to find oh, as for far sure. as like for sure. you know, stuff on the internet. Um, you know, uh, I didn't really have like a local record store that was like an independent. We had like national, we had like three different fucking like, uh, offshoots of national record Mart, like in Monroeville mall, there was national record Mart waves and music X, which was like a collaboration between like national record Mart and like the local alternative radio station. And they weren't exactly carrying, you know, like revelation shit or anything. Like right. That. Now, it, so I'm glad I'm not the only one that was like, uh, you know, er- early teens writing uh, straight edge with gel pens on their uh, school books <laughs> and things like that. I feel less nerdy because I like, uh, yeah, it was so I grew up about 20 minutes outside of Syracuse and like mm-hmm. an Italian, a smaller like Italian town where like 
we're well known for our wrestling team. And at once, I, once I started going to like shows that became like it, like I lost, yeah. I had no other interest other than like what shows are coming up. I have to save money or convince my parents to give me $30. Cause if I get $30, I can get two CDs and a t-shirt because uh-huh. CDs were $10 and t-shirts were $10. <laughs> and a oh boy, do I miss the $10 t-shirts? Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, at, at, at that point, I, it, it was so like in the early, because I really didn't go to a lot of shows, I guess, within that first year. I went to that first show, and it was like December 2001, and then in April 2002, and I didn't go to another show until like August, and it was another 18 Vision show. Yeah. And then I saw, and then like the next month, I saw like, Bane and Hatebreed, uh, and those were the only shows I went to in 2002. So I went to two 18 Vision shows, a Bane show, and a Hatebreed show. So I went to four shows that year, and I <laughs> and I didn't really go to any other shows until I think Hellfest 2003. Okay, and I went to Hellfest 2003 and Hellfest 2000. Like it took me to like that second. Uh, full 18 Vision show I saw, and then going and seeing Bane, and I was just like, "Yeah, I am. I definitely I identify mean, as Straight Edge. Like yeah. I am. Uh, like seeing Bane come out and 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 you know say things on the mic, and then ha- just having all kinds of other bands and smaller Straight Edge bands around uh, Syracuse that were you know there's a million local bands, uh, and that that's when I was just like. You know, like fall 2002, I was like, yep, I'm, that's me. I'm definitely straight edge. And it's been that yeah. way ever since. Uh, and I didn't find the, uh, the uh, you know, veganism, vegetarianism was all shoved down my throat at the time. But my, my dad was like a farmer, more or less. He was born in like Oklahoma and moved up here. And mm-hmm. he had like a farm with his with his cousin over on the other road, and we lived like kind of the rural outskirts of the small Italian town that was only twenty minutes outside of Syracuse. So we weren't like we weren't like chasing pigs down or anything in the street or <laughs> anything crazy like hillbilly. Um, but it was definitely like a rural and in, in like a, a definite difference. But t- just twenty minutes, you know, west, it turns to Syracuse, and there's all these great ideas and ideals that you're finding just going to shows. So at at what point did you find, I guess, uh, you know, veganism or vegetarian and you, you're vegan. How long have you been vegan? I've been vegan for, uh, let me do some quick math here. Uh, since November 1st, 2008. So it's about 12 years, a little over 12 years. Uh, yeah. Rolling up on, yeah. That actually didn't come until much later. Um, I went vegetarian at the beginning of uh, 2008. Um, you know, I, I think part of that really came with like kind of digging deeper into like Earth Crisis because I'd always liked Earth Crisis from probably like 2006 on, mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah, the you know the, the the vegan stuff's like okay, but like I'm here for the straight edge lyrics, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, <laughs> dude, I was this, I was the same, <laughs> I was the same way because uh, they weren't. Um, Earth Crisis was broken up at the first time I saw Freya. I loved Freya mm-hmm. too, and to be completely honest with you, I listened to the first full Freya record long before I listened to 
a for a full uh, Earth Crisis record, uh, which yeah, and, and uh, that's what kind of like drew me even more to I guess to check out Earth Crisis because everybody had talked about them like incessantly, and then finally like fully dove into uh, Earth Crisis. But I was the the same way for a little bit with any straight edge band that was vegan. I was the same way like. Yeah, these guys are, uh, you know, vegetarian or vegan, but I'm here for the Edge lyrics. Like, they're <laughs> they're still, dude. Earth Crisis is such a great band because there's so many people I know that aren't straight. Like my my best friend Eric, who who you have heard on this podcast, if you uh, mm-hmm. listened to all the episodes, he uh he has Earth Crisis lyrics tattooed on him, and he's never been straight edge or vegetarian <laughs> or vegan in his life. But Earth Crisis was like that important to everybody that was up here. Oh. Um, and uh, it was just, uh, and yeah, it was the it was the same thing for me. Uh, I was definitely like claiming straight edge for like two years uh, before I was like, I, I felt like a shit too because I was just like a kind of like a smaller minded like I, I got the straight edge thing, but I didn't get the vegetarian vegan thing because yeah, if you're never exposed to it. You just don't get it. And if you're, your father and your your entire family and no one you know has ever been vegetarian, at the very least, has never been vegetarian, it's it's foreign to you. And I, I think it's funny now looking back that I had a friend that I made fun of her for being vegetarian in the same year that I actually got into and became a vegetarian. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> uh, yeah, so and she uh, she always gave me shit about that, too. She's like, remember when you, you almost made me cry and you were an asshole, and then like six months later you became vegetarian? And now I'm still vegetarian. I, I did have a five-year stint as a vegan, but it did not work out. Um, but I think it's funny now uh, that you know she hasn't been vegetarian for like, I don't know. It's probably like near ten years, and and I'm going yeah. on, you know, year year seventeen, two thousand four, and being a sixteen, and you can relate to this uh, as well. Like in the mid two thousands, there was still limited options for vegan and vegetarian things in most supermarkets, even up here. Where yeah. like, I mean, not that Earth Crisis is really inf- influencing like the the food <laughs> markets like that they're like they're not sitting out at board meetings like at Wegman's like yeah you guys need to try this seitan stuff get Carl on um, the phone we gotta we gotta get some new products in here yeah. <laughs> actually that would have been a great it, it's a it's a shame that none of those guys ever got hired by Wegman's to like do that but <laughs> now you go into Wegman's you can find a substitute for anything you can even uh-huh. find like you have a million options without soy and everything like that like uh, it, it's it's Wegmans, man. Oh man, I people don't know the glory. I know people out west talk about Whole Foods, uh, <sighs> and they and they talk about all all the sh- Wegmans is is an unmatched champion. True, they truly are. They are uh, the shit. When my wife and I go to DC, like we're like, all right, we're here for the weekend. When are we going to Wegmans? And <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's a. Uh, it's it's so funny to, and now there's so many. If you would have told, you know, your uh, either one of us in the mid two thousands when when we both you know uh, you know swore off uh, eating meat, you know that you could go to. I mean, it's probably it's not the best option, especially you're unsure of their practices in there. But to say that you could get like a very popular meat substitute at Burger King, not just their really shitty 
you know, veggie burger that they had for years and years and years. You can oh, the basically... mayo burger featuring a veggie yeah. patty. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and uh, why did they put so much fucking mayo on that? That was Who insane. Were yeah. they trying to like, co- they're like, oh, they got to comp, we got to compensate. And they, they got to put a bunch of, it's what's got a lot of protein in it. Mayo's got eggs. Throw an insane amount of mayo on that. No ketchup. Too many veggies, you'll die. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, you could go to Dunkin' Donuts, you can go to Starbucks, Mm -hmm. you can go to Burger King, you can you can go almost anywhere now and get like a meat substitute. When back then it was just, I mean, you had to just get things without things. Like if you went to Taco Bell, uh, let me get uh, a hard taco with beans or or like rice and potatoes, and that's it. Right. And and it's it's so funny to see how that's grown and I still feel like it is super trendy. I feel like you hear a lot of people say like, "Oh, I'm on a plant-based diet." And usually it's for like uh health purposes. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. for, I guess, uh an- you know, animal uh the purpose of the animal or the protection of the animal or anything like that. But what was the driving factor for you to give up meat was it was it uh was it at all a health standpoint for for you or was it solely for like a compassionate angle of like i don't want to be a part of this i'm going to not eat meat anymore it was 100 percent a health factor i've always been like yeah you know like the 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 ethical standpoint you know i'm doing air quotes um you know, it's always been like, yeah, that's fine. Obviously, I don't want, you know, I don't want there to be dog shit fucking uh, conditions anywhere for, you know, humans or otherwise. But for me, it was always just, you know, oh, I heard I could, you know, like not get diabetes and die at 40 years old. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and it did work for quite a while. I mean, I, I went vegetarian uh, right after I turned 21, uh, dropped a bunch of weight, hit a plateau and was like let's try veganism (laughs) because it was only about uh, 10 months in between tried that lost more weight. And then, you know, somebody was like, Oh, Hey Oreos, check this out. Or like, check out this other fucking garbage, uh, vegan food. And then, you know, (laughs) Oh yeah. Once you, yeah. Once you find out almost back in the same. (laughs) Oh yeah. Once you're vegan and you find out that Oreos are vegan, it's like, it's game over. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because, I mean, I did five years as a, I say it like it was a prison sentence. It wasn't, I love pizza, but I don't, I don't think Depending it's a prison on who you sentence. Talk to. Yeah. I'm not, it's not a prison, not a prison sentence, I guess. But, um, yeah, I, I did five years as a, as a vegan, but I, I think I just, I was broke those five years that I was a vegan. I was completely broke. So mm-hmm. I had no ability to eat healthy. I was eating worse as a vegan, and, and that, that's not uh, disparaging the, the the vegan diet whatsoever. It, that was it was my own fault because I did not have the funds to eat proper at all. So I was eating like complete dog shit. Um, yeah, I mean, even you know, a, a few years ago, like you know, for the most part, eating vegan is a, kind of a, a privileged thing, <laughs> you know, uh, right, to, to right, like, right. I'm, I'm not going to eat this. And I, I've never really like, you know, at least consciously, you know, been like an asshole about it. I've never like, you know, right, right. Yeah. Same. It. It's one of those things that like, 
people think because I'm straight edge and vegan that I'm an asshole about both of those things, which I never have been. Like, you know, somebody stops being straight edge, they don't talk to me again, they avoid me. Yeah, no, 100%. Vegan, they're like, I can never talk to Greg again. <laughs> well, that's what's, uh, I mean, it's the age, like, old at this point uh, joke. Like, how do you know someone's vegan or straight edge? They told you. Like, you know, it's, uh, it's, and I've never been that way, and it's so funny, mm. and, I, and I don't know if you can attest to this or not, but anybody who I was friends with, like, there was a group of, like, four or five of us that all went straight edge at the same time. Not everyone went vegetarian or vegan, uh, but every person that claimed straight edge is not straight edge anymore in that small little group of friends I had, uh, I I still am. Uh, but it was funny because some of those other uh friends who were in that group were more militant, like about straight edge. And mm-hmm. I was never militant. Uh, you know, I gotten into altercations regarding it. Just like, you know, the, the typical douchebag, like saying something like, but it, it was more just defending myself as like a person. It wasn't me defending like straight at, like I, I wasn't like fucking screaming earth crisis lyrics as I punched someone in the face. Like right. I was, it, it, I would never, I've never forced my, I mean, all my friends, I don't have any close, uh, straight edge friends at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, it's funny that immediately people think, I, I guess, because you, you have, identified yourself as something like uh straight edge or vegetarian or vegan that they immediately think that your 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 stance on it is so hardline and i think it's what do you think that's uh, like attributed to is that attributed to like people that have encountered people that like immediately jammed their beliefs down people's throats uh in a mixture of like how they just perceive people to be via like uh, you know, movies or TV shows or anything like that. What do you think, like, the the de facto reason is as to why people immediately think if you have any kind of, like, social, political, uh, you know, stance as far as straight edge or, or, or anything, really. I mean, even going beyond straight edge and, and like, your, your diet choice, I, I feel like people automatically think if you, if you, indicate that you have a belief they automatically think you're very hardline about it right i think part of that is probably urban legend where it's like oh well you know somebody that was somebody with you know a liberty mohawk outside of a punk rock show smoking a cigarette told me that straight people are bad um yeah. <laughs> i'm sure it's some of it is that uh some of it probably does come from personal experiences like you know obviously like you said i also had you know, some friends even like a decade ago that were a little younger, very just, you know, went headfirst into, you know, either straight edge and or veganism uh, and were just huge assholes about it and do not give a single shit about either one anymore. Right. And, right. Uh, ho- hopefully are doing well, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, I, 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 I really don't know for sure. You know, I'm sure some people are like, yeah, I, I was friends with someone. They did this and turned into an asshole or, you know, it, it could be just the complete opposite where it's like, well, yeah, that, that's just the way it is. Right. It's like, nah, not really. Yeah, it's a it's a strange and the hardcore scene now is so much different than it ever. I feel like I mean, now it's kind of non-existent because of the pandemic, but I feel like every two or three years it gets it's so like 
different. And, and when I say different, I don't mean worse. I, I would never try to be like, because I always feel like, because where I went to school, no one was really, until like me and a, a couple friends got into hardcore and or whatever you want to call it, metalcore music or anything like that, um, it was, there was a group of kids that were two or three years older than us that were really into like the heavy music scene. One of them ended up being, you know, my, my best friend all these years down the road, uh, mainly because I was, I was best friends with his brother. I'm best friends with his brother as well. But, uh, all the kids that were like two or three years older were not welcoming at all. They did not, Mm -hmm. they did not want me walking around with a poison the well shirt because that means I was a poser because I, you know, wear a newfound glory shirt too, uh, because I like newfound glory and, you know, there was no, yeah, there was no acceptance of, uh, there was no acceptance of, uh, new, new people in the group as far as like where, where I grew up. But at the same time, I feel like I've seen so many different elements of acceptance and, uh, distancing and in the hardcore scene, uh, at all shows I've went to where now I feel like it's just, it's way, it's way more relaxed. Like there isn't like a lot of any kind of, no one's pushing their beliefs like at all. Like people just happen to be straight edge or they happen to be vegan or happen to be vegetarian. But by that same token, I think it's more relaxed and there isn't any kind of like, I don't want to say agenda, but there isn't any kind of like, uh, there's no proselytizing to it. Yes. Yeah, exactly. At the same time, I don't think there are people. I feel like I've met so many people and like known that they were straight edge. It's like, Oh, that's cool. He's straight edge. Like a rare breed. Uh, you know, these days for someone that's like, you know, younger or whatever, just being in a band after like the, the quote unquote glory early to early to mid two thousands, uh, hardcore stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so many people just don't, I feel like it's, I don't want to say a trend, but like so many people get into it and get out of it that people don't take it serious. Like when someone else is, but at the same time, I don't want so I don't need someone to take like my straight edge serious or my veganism serious. Uh, it's for me. It's always been for me. The choices are always for me. Uh, it just seems, uh, it's kind of like in a, always been in a state of flux. I feel like I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I guess it's such a weird thing, I guess. I feel it's weird still to be someone who is straight edge and who is uh, myself. I'm not vegan, but vegetarian. I feel like it's still, I still feel, I mean, for complete, like, uh, douchey sounding, out of step, uh, you know, like, it's, uh, I just feel like the straight edge thing isn't, like, something people gravitate to toward. Uh, gravitate towards now especially the the younger kids yeah and and, uh, something i was kind of just thinking about was like the the people i've always kind of gravitated towards are the people that just so happen to be vegan or just so happen to be straight exactly like you know like you wouldn't know unless it just came up in conversation like um right you know uh probably about like what was it uh 14 years ago at this point i went to a school that's like you know about an hour outside of pittsburgh uh, I was, you know, depressed and miserable, but, uh, found like a local record store that, um, you know, this guy Dave owned, uh, that drummed for that Cleveland band above this fire. Um, and he just so happened to be straight edge. And like, it was something that, you know, we kind of, you know, 
Uh, I wasn't like, oh my God, isn't it like your whole life? And it's just like, yeah, nah, right, just right. Like, I just sell records and grow my beard and play my drums and eat chicken wings. Like it's not a big right. deal. <laughs> exactly. That's what's, uh, it's so, uh, it's so funny. Cause there is like, I mean, and even saying it, there are like, there's like a, there's like a group of people that would, would hear you and I say like, oh, like when you meet someone who is straight edge and like someone who's been straight edge, like isn't like, you know, they didn't just fall into it recently or anything like that. There's a, there's a kinship there. But when I say that there's, there's a kinship immediately, people think like, oh, they think that immediately they're like, oh yeah, someone else that's as good as me, all these other people that aren't straight edge or aren't like, you know, vegan or vegetarian, like aren't as good as us. They immediately think if you identify with someone, you have a kinship with them immediately because of the relation of your similar beliefs. They, they don't just think that as like, Oh cool. That's uh, yeah. Same. It, it, I, I compute it completely to liking similar bands. It's not something you think about daily. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's bands I think about daily, but it's like, it's just like a, a lifestyle preference. Like if someone doesn't like tomatoes, you're not like, oh, he's a fucking anti-tomato <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> like, I don't wake up every day, like, wearing a fuck tomato. I love tomatoes, by the way, but I'm not saying, like, you know, I wake up every day, I have a fuck, ex-fuck tomatoes, X shirt. Uh, you know, I don't fucking wake up and have a crusade against, uh, you know, this fruit that's, cons- <laughs> this fruit that's, uh, you know, lumped in with all the veggies. I don't Yet. have this. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's just something that is like, I like tomatoes. I am straight edge. I don't know if that's a great analogy, but like, it's not something like I ever like have to think about just because no. I'm not like, like you, Oh, you don't drink. No, I don't like black olives either. Why would I eat a black olive? It, it, it literally like, I mean, at least for me, I mean, like I'm 34 years old. Like I'm not like going around like smacking beers right, 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 and like right. stomping on their cigarettes and shit. You know, it, it's literally no different to me. Then, like, walking down the street and you see a complete stranger wearing a band you like or a movie you like or they're reading a book you like or they're at a restaurant that you like. Like, it, it literally is no different to me. I mean, like, I've never been, like, an in-your-face type. And I've even, like, kind of had people Same. assume that about me because, um, you know, uh, I, I I technically still have a uh, an active straight-edge power violence band I do called Rabbit Pigs. And I remember um, when we were still an active band, we played in Cleveland and we had recently done a split with this uh, grind band from Cleveland called Grin and Barrett. And I, you know, I kind of knew those guys. I knew their band. And when I met them, their singer was like, hey, you, you guys have some pretty wild lyrics. Like, what are you guys about? And I was like, dude, that's all tongue in cheek. Like, I'm not. Cause they're like, Oh, like we're not straight edge. And we were afraid we were going to meet you guys and you guys were going to be fucking assholes. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> nah, dude, I just, you know, I, it, it's one of those things that I just like to kind of like goof around about. And, you know, obviously I take it very seriously for myself because if I didn't, I wouldn't exactly. do it, but I'm not taking it seriously on behalf of other people. Right. Um, so uh, yeah, it's, it's like this weird, it's this weird thing with like, you know, other people think more about what you're into than you do almost. It's kind of strange. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's still weird, but I, I, I wouldn't have it, I guess, any other way. Um, oh. because I just, uh, it's just, 
I mean, it's exact. It's the exact same thing. Like, like you said, like if it's the same thing as like seeing someone with like this a band that you like on their shirt, or if you found out, you know, you're in the John Bon Jovi fan club, and you're like, holy shit, that guy's got a John Bon Jovi fan club pin on his battle vest. Hey, how do you know? Yeah, <laughs> you're immediately like, oh yeah, it's John Bon Jovi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, let's get together. Um, so. I guess uh, as we're getting towards the end of this, what are because uh, obviously this was fo- it was founded. Uh, we found this uh, through music. You know, if you had to give me a top three uh, straight edge bands and or vegan bands and or both, oh what are what are those bands for you? Your favorites? Oh, dude, I was hoping you were gonna give me at least five. <laughs> oh, you can hit five. You can hit five. Um, well, I will say it's funny that I mentioned, uh, the, the thing with rabbit pigs, because the biggest influence on that band, and honestly, like one of my favorite straight edge bands of all time is I hate you, uh, you know, Philadelphia, just ignorant ass tongue in cheek, uh, nineties hardcore. Um, I actually, um, when I was a senior in high school, uh, the fall of 2004, around the time that I actually went to my first hardcore show that I talked about earlier. And there was another dude in my class who was like, you know, really into like obscure ass punk and was like the first person that told me about like gore grind. And like, he was like, oh, yeah, I listen to this band called Cock and Ball Torture. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? And he goes, you're straight edge, right? Like the first day we meet, because apparently I had a reputation already at 17. Yeah. And I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, OK, I'm going to have I have something for you tomorrow. He comes in with three CDRs that he burned me. One was the complete discography for I Hate You, and the other one was the two-disc discography for Charles Bronson. And I listened to those, and I was like, oh, what? Like, where has this been uh, for the last few years? And, uh, you know, it, I listened to I Hate You, like, just nonstop. And eventually, um, I can't remember if this was 2018 or 2019. I want to say it was 2018 um actually maybe it was 2019 i don't know google it um i hate you actually did a reunion after being broken up for you know nearly 20 years wow um for a memorial show for uh one of their friends that had passed away that like produced all their records and stuff uh so i actually drove out to philadelphia with a couple friends and saw them and you can watch the video on hey five six you'll you'll see me all over that fucking video it was like the most fun i had in like in a show setting in so so long like i got to see them for the first time striking distance did like a surprise set uh i saw damnation ad for the first time boy sets fire for the first time uh worlds collide railhead walleye like all these wild ass bands uh and you know it, it all stemmed because i was like i can't not see i hate you that's literally the only time they're going to do this. Cause I think right. like, only one of those guys is still straight edge. Um, so they're, they're definitely probably at the top of my list. Um, I mean, I could list a lot of revelation bands. Like I love youth of today. I love project X. I love judge. Um, you know, all, all that stuff. I, I kind of just, I can kind of just substitute those in and pepper them in. Um, God, uh, Coke Bust is probably one of the best bands to come out in, in the last like ten or fifteen years. F- fucking Coke Bust! I have not Dude. fucking even thought about Coke Bust in like at least ten years. 
Oh man, they're so good. So good. And they've gotten so so good. I mean, Chris Moore is like one of the most incredible drummers I've ever seen, and those dudes are so nice. Like you know, they're still going. Uh, technically, yeah. Like I know they were kind of inactive for a little bit, but um, I think they're technically still a band. No um, shit. You know, we'll we'll see what happens with any band <laughs> as far as still being together uh, once this is all over, but. Um, yeah, I love those guys. Uh, you know, I have, I have a big proclivity proclivity for bands that somehow are like power violence bands, but are also like, we're not like, you know, it, it's, I feel like it's hard to be taken seriously as a power violence band unless you're despise you where it's like, we just have pictures of like nine year old, like drug addicts, like on our records <laughs> and like all of our songs are the most depressing <laughs> shit you've ever read. Um, so yeah, I love shit like Coke bust. Um, Oh boy, I was a big Kingdom fan for a really long time, um, and, and again, like you know, that was a band I, I booked here. I uh, saw them a few times; uh, they were great. Um, Internal Affairs, uh, Carry On, like a lot of those, like California, like you know, E Standard um, hardcore bands. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, because there there is a distinct line between you know, like Drop C, Orange County hardcore, and like E oh, Standard yeah. LA bands. <laughs> Oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, uh, I, yeah. What one hundred percent? I lean. See, I lean the the other way. I am the the drop C guy all day. Like as soon as as put it this way, as soon the first like three bands I was in, I immediately. Well, you know what's funny is uh, uh, Throwdown and Eighteen Visions uh, share members, both straight edge mm-hmm. bands, both in drop B. Now, for years, my guitarist and I in high school thought that they were in drop C. One day, he gets someone actually tabbed out, like, slip or, like, raise your fist or something like that. And he's just mm-hmm. like, they fucking said it was drop B. And he, he his mind was, like, blown. He was just like, <laughs> I don't think he's just like, the only other band I think that has recorded anything in drop B was, like, a, t- a couple typo negative songs. And I was just like, really? <laughs> and he turned it to drop B. And then, like, every high school band I was in with that kid from that point on, we played nothing but Drop B. Because they're oh, like, oh, that's, the, that's the fucking, like, that's the 18 Visions throwdown fucking, like, uh, tuning. Like, so we were, it was Drop B everything in high school. Dude, that Wired, B Standard, dude, that's the Race Traders uh, <laughs> tuning. Fuck, Fuck dude, yeah. it sounds so good. Like, you hit a bar chord in B Standard, you're just like, who's fucking face am i gonna punch right now (laughs) seriously but i was like as soon as like as soon as you know i heard 18 visions and the the straight edge thing for them really didn't kick it off and i was like oh they're straight edge that's cool uh and i i like didn't really immediately i was just like oh that's cool like i didn't really gravitate towards it even though i wasn't really doing anything Mm -hmm. uh and when throwdown happened i saw that they were the same members i was just like and throwdown was like singing about it i was like fuck like oh yeah this is me so like throwdown i mean 18 visions a lot of people there's still a big demographic that doesn't know that that band has always been a straight edge band but they are yeah um earth crisis of course like you know just like completely obviously the the torch bears for so many years um and i don't like anything pre the hardest fight record but love is red has a record called the hardest fight. I fucking love that record. And they are, th- I think are, are, are in dropsy. Um, I, honestly, I, I don't have a, a long list of straight edge bands. Um, I'm 
trying to think. What are some? Uh, I mean, Seven Angels, Seven Plagues, too. Jasmine's Lullaby. Yeah. When you actually saw like the the X, I don't even know if all those dudes were actually straight edge. Uh, I know members were, but I remember getting the Jasmine's Lullaby uh, CD and seeing the X on the hand. Uh, and obviously, you know, uh, same thing with like Arma Angelus, which was Pete Wentz's band. Like mm-hmm. they were like you know a straight edge band, but didn't really like promote it as such. Um, and yeah, it was, uh, and I, and as years went on, like it got a little older. I, I was, I was into like the have heart thing. Um, uh, oh, yeah, me too. I, huge. I loved, loved have heart. Um, I mean, at that point I felt like there was a lot of like, uh, I don't want to say like really like questionable, like douchey people getting into like me like the hardcore scene to like get it was so funny because there's people that were like super like would cry during a have heart set but would try to start fights at like at uh, other ones it just didn't make sense and they weren't kids that stayed straight edge long anyway but uh regardless you're confused (laughs) yeah yeah but um another band i i love they only i think they only put out like an ep and a full length and i think you and i talked about them was uh gather or as they say, mm-hmm. X Gather X. Uh, I love oh, yeah. that band. I, I saw that. I saw that band with Cipher, who I know we talked about as well. Oh, Cipher and and Seven Generations and uh, that like mid two thousand. Those like mid two thousands like super like super like uh, you know the broke hardcore where, like you could they you know so many how many people know who the fuck Gather or Cipher is like outside of the. The you know even in the hardcore realm I've dropped like I was like oh you know these guys kind of sound like Cipher and people are like what the f- who the fuck is Cipher, um, <laughs> I mean not that uh, Cipher wasn't a Cipher wasn't a, a straight edge band but um but yeah like uh I'm trying to th- I think that's pretty much it like honestly it was always the Orange County stuff like I know Bleeding Through like claims uh, that whole band I think except for one guy is uh isn't straight edge anymore um but they mm-hmm. were another band obviously an orange county band as well shared members with throwdown 18 visions um and then it was just like any kind of like local band that would pop up in syracuse and would last for like you know three weeks <laughs> a year play like six shows like uh but yeah it was the, it was the orange county stuff for me which is, is so funny um i mean I, I obviously grew to love earth crisis but it, it took bands on the other side of the country to uh to make me uh realize that oh yeah i do identify with this but it's uh and that there's so many that's that's what's so funny though is like if you threw like bands like kingdom on a show with like 18 visions and converge and shit like that so many people i feel like now there's a, a group of people that would get it and then a group of people would be like why the fuck are these bands playing together oh man it's funny you mentioned that because my wife, uh, we were talking about this a few weeks ago. Uh, one of the, actually the big things that we bonded over when we first got together was like, we both were obsessed with have heart at the time. And, uh, her and a bunch of friends drove out to Cincinnati to see have heart. And I'm going to see if I remember the show. It was have heart polar bear club kingdom, uh, X Tyrant X. Wow. Ice. <laughs> wow. Was this a fest? No, it was just like, uh, I think two tours just like colliding. Oh, this is amazing. Uh, and I think maybe like another band that didn't make a, a fucking lick of sense. And she said it, it, it was in like a gym with like a boxing ring or some shit. 
like wow. apparently it was just like bedlam the whole time, which I totally believe. You get talk about getting two opposite ends of the straight edge band uh, spectrum though. Have heart and X Tyrant X. <laughs> yeah, nobody, uh, nobody fighting over a football to get a free shirt during a Have Heart song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I fucking love it. Oh, it's so good. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's 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 interesting uh looking back now uh another band another band just came to me they weren't very big i think they only put out two records but let down you ever heard of let down let down was good i did see them once uh bob wilson spit on uh my friend bill so i i carried a bit of a grudge yeah uh, for a while. i i did see their last show at this is hardcore in 2009 and one thing that i do admire now that I kind of rolled my eyes at at the time was this is our last song. If anybody's going to get up here and fight me, now's your chance. Wow. (laughs) Looking back, I'm like, fuck, that's really hard. (laughs) What a a fucking statement for a final show. Oh yeah. Uh, But yeah, it was, uh, it's fun to look back on like the early formative years of finding like, the bands and the the quote unquote subculture, uh, if mm-hmm. that's what uh, people are still referring uh, to it as, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it was cool to. I, I love hearing uh, other people explain how they got into it, and and especially someone from a different city, and I, I love hearing the the differences uh, of what bands and how you got into it. But I do like the the common ground that. Uh, we all share and I love the common ground of like you finding like someone like converge to and that being turned on to you as hardcore because I'm sure if you told like a 22 year old kid that is wearing like a you know a, a dad hat uh warships title fight and like has like a I don't know like a true love seven inch in his back pocket uh <laughs> if you told him that like you thought converge was hardcore he'd probably like what they're not hard what are you talking about uh because i dealt with the same thing for years like you know you know being trying to explain to people like okay it's not always necessarily the music yes certain bands are considered a true blue musical style hardcore band but it's more so about the ethics and the ideas that you find going to the shows and how the band operates the diy-ness of bands and uh and, and I, you're, if anybody's listening to this podcast, whenever we talk about heavy music, I, I, I worship the ground the 18 Visions walks on because they were the band that set it all for me. Uh, they had a shirt, um, and they repressed it, and it said, "We're rock and roll kids playing metal music in a hardcore band." And for Shit. me, I was just like, "That's who the fuck I am." So I yeah. immediately, I, I, and then topple on that that band was straight edge so it was like identified with me and that and i think that kind of broke that down too where like you can like the juliana theory and still be considered a straight edge hardcore guy Ooh, like oh uh you can like emotions too right yeah uh you can like uh you know it, it took so long for people i mean the crossover with pop punk and hardcore has happened so much over the last like 15 years but i remember like wearing a newfound glory shirt and getting like a sneer. Uh, and I don't know if those people knew that Chad Gilbert was in shy Halud or not, but regardless, yeah. I thought it was funny <laughs> that I would get sneers for wearing a newfound glory shirt. How dare you wear a newfound glory shirt to a, to a fucking, you know, 
uh, a whatever show. Uh, it was yeah. just, it's just funny, but it was, it was awesome getting your origin story, how you found straight edge, how you found and became, uh, you know, someone who was meat free, a vegan. Uh, and this was, uh, awesome. So we, I, I think this calls for more music conversations between you and I, Greg, because I think we can uh, we can dive down some rabbit holes music-wise, uh, obviously movie-wise as well, as you were on the in paying homage to one of your favorite films, Halloween 3, last year on this podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we uh, we definitely going to have some mo- more music conversations in the future because we have, uh, we have a lot of crossover and a lot of familiar uh, musical interests uh, that we definitely got to dive into for sure. Hey, shit, man. I didn't even get to half of the damn straight edge bands that I wrote down. So, yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, what are, what are some other ones, actually? Because, uh, you know, that were did, did ones that you saw or ones that you just, like, were. Uh, I never got into the youth crew stuff. And I, I always think that's uh, that's interesting, too. Because I've heard Youth of Today. I've heard, like, Judge and, like, all those bands. But it never, like... Those bands never resonated with me, and I know Gorilla Biscuits. Yeah. I think were like half of those guys were straight edge. I, I think, but I always loved Gorilla Biscuits. But I never really got into any of the other youth crew bands. But what other bands did you have on your list, actually? Well, let's start with a uh, a, a hidden gem from Syracuse, man. The fucking Promise. The Promise, of course. Oh, dude, that My True Love Seven Edge is so good. Um, I I had a very uh a very intense love affair uh, with the band dead in the dirt. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, no more. Um, but man, they, they just put out, I think it was like two EPs and an LP and, oh man, they were so much fun to see uh, killer left for dead cover on uh, their, their second EP. Um, some of the newer bands that, that uh, I, I think are real sick uh, like torso life force uh, one step closer, uh, no tolerance, um, I mean, obviously, you know, Boston's a, a pretty big city for the history of straight edge, uh, hardcore. So wouldn't expect anything less to come out of there, but yeah, it's, I mean, fuck man, I could go on all day. And I, I, I feel like, you know, I, I haven't mentioned earth crisis at all, but I, I feel like I don't really need to, if it wasn't for earth crisis, you know, if, if I was like, Oh, earth crisis is fucking lame. You would have been like, I'm never talking to you again. Yeah. <laughs> No, I love that you brought up The Promise because that's a band, obviously, living up here in upstate New York. I saw them so many times, and I was actually uh, – I'm, I'm blessed to be able to have seen their last show in Syracuse, uh, which was in 2005, and then see their reunion show with The Promise – or with The Promise, with the, with Bane at the, the final Bane shows, and being oh, yeah, able to yeah. – being able to see that band 11 years after they broke up and seeing their last show and just and, and I love like the believer record and the my true love and, and I I love that band and they were local and I kind of they were kind of the band that like I probably only saw like five times total like including mm-hmm. their last show and the reunion show because there was a band that like you're like oh they'll they're gonna be on every show like so after I caught them like two or three times and I was just like, you know, I'd show up to the show late cause they were opening for whatever touring bands and hindsight. Now I was just like, wow, I actually love the fucking promise. I've only seen them five <laughs> times when I've probably had the opportunity to see them over 20. Like what the fuck was I doing? But the promise is a, a good call out. Great Syracuse straight edge band. Did you ever see, um, any of the videos that I, I know this happened at least once at, I think United blood, but like foundation would do my true love and Anderson would like come out and do vocals with them. 
It is like one of the coolest things ever. Like for me, that is like neck and neck with like Davy Havoc doing straight edge revenge with ceremony. Yeah, dude, I have not seen those, but I think I heard something about Anderson coming out and doing that. Uh, I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember what band it was, but now that you say Foundation, I vaguely remember having the conversation with somebody. So I'm gonna have to check out those those videos. That had to have been from a while ago, though, right? Probably like ten years ago. Yeah, probably eight to ten years ago. Because I mean, shit, Foundation's been broken up for at least a few years now. So yeah, maybe yeah, five at this point. So yeah, it was probably quite a quite a few years ago. That's wild. What a what an awesome talk, though. I I loved uh, just talking about uh about bands, music, straight edge, and uh, not eating meat. What a what a <laughs> you know people can think that we're the the weirdos, but I welcome it and. Uh, what a what an awesome talk, man! We're gonna have uh, more music conversations for sure, and I appreciate you coming on. Uh, if you could, uh, for anybody that didn't hear at the top of the show, Greg uh, co-hosts a '80s uh, horror movie podcast called Neon Brainiacs. Uh, Greg, mm-hmm. give the listeners uh, all the info on that. Uh, you can find Neon Brainiacs wherever you find uh, the Heart Guy Media podcast or any other podcast you listen to. Uh, you can find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, you can see me as a 34 year old man struggle to use TikTok. Um, <laughs> uh, we're actually, uh, coming up on, uh, three and a half years. Episode 200 is like in our periphery. Um, so yeah, if you like eighties horror movies, we put out a new episodes every Wednesday and, uh, yeah, man, join the fucking ride. And there are plenty of episodes in their back catalog to check out. Uh, there, I mean, I could I could rattle off like three or four right now that you could t- check out. Check out the Hack a Lantern episode. Check out the Nine Seven Six Evil episode that I'm on. Check mm-hmm. out all the Nightmare. And I love that you do the Nightmare on Elm Street uh, in honor of your dad in February because I always watch dream warriors uh in february because it was something i rented on the week off the midwinter break around my birthday time so like when you guys the uh first uh did that and you covered i i think or, or you covered yeah you covered uh i think the first episode i ever listened to when i found you guys was the dream warriors episode and when you told that story i was like this is awesome like because i i just resonated with like watching movies at a certain time of the month or a certain time of the year, rather, and uh, I love that little story uh, about it being a little homage to your to your old man. Uh, so there, like I said, there are so many episodes in their catalog. They're rolling up on 200 episodes now, with over 200, almost 200 films that they've covered. So there's plenty of meat on the bone. Uh, oh yeah. Ironically enough, there's plenty of uh, <laughs> Satan on the toothpick, or whatever you want to, however you uh, make your fake chicken wing. Uh but Greg, thanks so much, man, and uh, let's uh, let's do this again real soon, dude. One hundred percent. It's always a pleasure, man. Thank you. Of course.